Well, just a reminder, at the end of our time together today, we are going to celebrate communion together. And so and when you came in today, if you did not receive a set of communion elements, and if you would like some, uh, please just hold your hand up high for a moment, and a member of our host team, they will be happy to bring those down to you. Now, as we get started together today, uh, I just want to take a moment. I want to introduce you to a couple of friends of mine. Um, this uh, first gentleman is a guy by the name of Byron Porsche. Um, some of you will remember Byron. Um, Byron actually passed away in November of 2013. And Byron was on staff here at Faith for about 10 years back in the 90s. And um, when I first met Byron, I was 19 years old and I was in my second year of school at Wayne State University. And Byron did for me um, exactly what he did for so many people, and that was to teach me that faith was a whole lot more than just a bunch of Bible stories. That, that God, um, that faith is actually about a God who is actively involved, uh, a Savior who is actively involved in our daily life, and that God um, is at work. Um, that we can actually experience God's working in our life even when it doesn't feel like God is doing anything in our life. That faith isn't just something for people who have life figured out. That faith is actually for everybody who's still trying to figure life out. And see, for me, my relationship with God actually grew because of my relationship with Byron. Now, the second guy over here is a gentleman by the name of Jim Burns. And Jim came into my life in a very random, a very unexpected way. Um, it's a really, a, a, it's a remarkable way, actually. Um, but that's a, another story for another time. And, and God had brought Jim into my life at a very critical moment. In fact, it was a point in my own life where I had um, kind of lost a part of my faith. I had lost a, a part of my own identity. Um, and, and Jim helped me through a, a very, very difficult season of my life. God used him in a powerful, um, powerful way for me personally um, to, to restore an element of, of just who I am as a follower of Jesus, um, certainly to restore my faith. And I will be forever grateful um, to, to Jim, and I'm forever grateful to God for how it is that he used Jim in my life. And, and see, from my perspective, when I look back on my relationship with both of these guys, um, God brought both of them into my life at a very, very critical time. In many ways, both of them um, were part of God rescuing and, and restoring my faith and my identity. Um, they shaped my understanding. These two men really shaped my understanding about what it means to follow Jesus. They shaped my, my view of the world. Um, and, and they taught me that uh, they, they taught me that the truth of God actually connects back to our real, everyday life. And probably none of you in this room um, know both of these two men, um, but it would be hard to actually put together two people who were more different. Completely different personalities, completely different life experiences, uh, just completely different backgrounds even. Uh, and yet, um, one of the things that both of these men impressed upon me very, very deeply, in fact, this is something um, that Autumn and I are, are very passionate about our, ourselves, um, is, is this idea of always being connected to a group of people um, who are either at the same age and stage of life as we are, or maybe uh, an age or stage behind us, um, so that we can actually pour into them and to influence them. Um, not that any one of us is ever going to be able to fill somebody else up, right? I mean, only, um, only Jesus can do that, right? That's never our responsibility. Our, our responsibility is simply to pour out um, whatever it is that has been poured into us. 
And the reason why I'm telling you about Byron and Jim today is because I believe um, with all my heart um, that every single one of you, right, every single one of you, but especially those of you who are dads and those of you who are 40 plus, right, every single one of you who are dads and especially those of you who are 40 plus, you have the same opportunity um, to bless and actually to be an incredible blessing and to help benefit the kingdom of God by specifically using who you are for the sake of someone who is either beside you or who is coming along behind you. In fact, I would argue that every single one of you who are here today, um, probably many of you who are watching at home or listening at home online, um, you have this very same, um, not only opportunity to do this, I would tell you that for many of you, for most of you, um, this is a responsibility. And before you start having a conversation with me in your mind about why that's not true or why this isn't you or why um, you can't do what I'm talking about, um, today I just want to take a couple of minutes And I want to help you to try to see your life differently than perhaps you normally think of your life. um, Because that is exactly what Byron did. It's exactly what Jim did for me and for so many other people. And dads, dads, you may not realize this, but influence is in fact your superpower. Right? This is what God has created you to do that nobody else can do. And you can do it in the lives of your own kids, but you can also do this in the lives of other people's kids. And you can also do this in the lives of people who are not kids. Now, you have heard that it was said that life is like a box of chocolates. But see, the truth is, right, um, life, and specifically your life, is in fact like a treasure chest. Because every single one of you are a unique combination of experiences, of successes and failures, opportunities and challenges, um, academic achievements, academic disabilities perhaps, um, incredible IQ, people that you've met, people that you've only wished that you could meet someday. Um, Each one of you is an absolutely unique combination of all of these things. And for you, right, like we said last week, for you to actually um, live your life in such a way where your life is a story, Um, that's worth telling, right? You have to figure out, every single one of you, but especially those of you who are over the age of 40, uh, you have to figure out how to leverage all of this, um, right, all of this for the sake of somebody who is either beside you or who is coming along behind you. Now, many of you, by the time you're in your 40s, um, you will have been married. Right? In fact, this is perhaps one of the reasons why maybe um, you're sitting there right now and you're arguing with me and you're telling me you can't do this. Because, see, for you, you would say, well, my marriage isn't a model marriage. Right? Now, if that's you, right? if that's you, then the truth is you actually have more to offer. This actually, that even makes you a better candidate to speak into the lives of people who are beside you or who are coming along behind you and who are in their first marriage. Because if you know the, the pain uh, of going through a divorce, if you've had a difficult marriage or two, right, then you know better than anybody else the suffering and the hurt that goes along with that. So why in the world wouldn't you? Look for a way to actually use that for the sake of another generation, for the sake of another couple, and to help them um, not experience what you've experienced. Many of you in the course of your lives, once you hit 40, have had some incredible leadership opportunities, some that you've handled well, others perhaps um, not so well. Opportunities that have come and opportunities that have gone. In fact, the problem for you might be um, that leading other people is so intuitive to you um, that you just think it's natural and you don't think that you, that you actually have anything to offer. 
that you don't have anything to share with anybody. Right? All of you have made a certain amount of money. By the time you're in your 40s, you've made money, you've invested money, you've probably lost money. Some of you have done better with this than others. Right? But all of us, right? all of us at some point have had to manage some of this. In fact, um, you don't know how much you realize about money when you're in your 40s and 50s until you actually sit down and you talk with somebody who's in their 20s. And then you realize, right? You realize that you are an expert. All of us, by the time we're 40, have had to, to navigate some kind of conflict in our life, right? Relationship conflict, um, work conflict, conflict with family, conflict with, with in-laws or with parents, perhaps. Maybe even conflict um, with the IRS, maybe, uh, maybe money conflict, Right, and again, for those of you who would say, okay, um, I haven't handled this area of my life very well, so, um, so nobody's going to want to actually listen to me. I'm telling you, it is your failures, right? It is your failures that in many ways make you an even better candidate to speak into the generation that's coming behind you. All of you have a certain amount of a, of a spiritual background. In fact, many of you would say that a part of your story is that at some point in your life, um, you, you were following God or you were believing in God and then you stopped and you walked away for a while and yet now you're back. If that's you, if you would ever say that a part of your story is that at some point you, you kind of put your relationship with God on the shelf, you put your relationship with Jesus on the shelf, right? If you've ever had a hard time believing in your heavenly father, then you are actually equipped to come along beside someone who's asking those very same questions, someone either behind you or beside you. Many of you who are in your 40s, you've raised some kids. Right? Some of you, some of you have lost kids. Some of you know the pain of a prodigal son. You know the pain of a prodigal daughter. Some of you, you don't want to tell the story of your kids because you think that story reflects poorly on you. Do you know that those stories that you do not want to tell equip you with a unique message for the generation that's coming along behind you or even for people who are beside you? Some of you have built companies. Some of you have built nonprofits. Some of you have gone through bankruptcy. Some of you have been through terrible upheaval in the corporate world. Some of you know what it's like to be downsized. What you, you know what it's like to lose your job. You know what it's like to spend your career working for a company that doesn't even exist anymore. All of it. Right? All of it is a part of your treasure chest. Every single one of us, we have stories that we want to tell and stories that we don't want to tell. And all of us are convinced, right? we're embarrassed by our failures, and all of us are, are convinced um, that, that no one, that the only stories that we have that are actually worth telling are the stories of our success. But that is so not true. In fact, this is the whole reason why we do this series uh, on YouTube called I Wish I Heard That. Right, because um, there are so many stories, you, we all know this, right? We all learn more in the hard days than the easy days. And if you're not familiar with this series uh, on YouTube, go to our channel on YouTube and like and subscribe. You do not want to miss the episode that just came out this past week. 
One of the reasons why some of you um, think that perhaps you don't have a treasure chest, why maybe you're arguing with me about all this, or why you say that you don't have anything to offer is because the truth is all of us have some of these, right, hanging around in, in the corners of our lives, don't we? Some skeletons, things that we don't want anyone to know about, things that we think actually disqualifies us from ever being used by God in anybody's life in any way at all. But see, one day you're going to run across a couple. One day you're going to run across an individual and you will know that this, in fact, is the story that you must tell because this is the story that gives you access into their heart. This is the story that gives you something to speak into their life and to help them take a step away from depression, maybe help them take a step out of addiction, to help them take a step out of a behavior that you know they're going to regret. Some of you have struggled with your health. In fact, for some of you, struggling with your health is exactly what God used to grow your faith. For some of you, it was struggling with your health that God used to teach you how to pray. For some of you, it was struggling with your health that, that caused you to, to reconnect um, with a family member or with a close friend. And see, while none of us would ever call or speak or think of those things um, as, as gifts, they are a part of our stories. They are a part of our lives. And somebody, somebody actually needs to hear that part of your story. You are a unique combination of successes, failures, and life experiences. And so my question for you is simply this, right? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with all of this? And see, I'll, I'll tell you what most people do with it, right? Most people, um, they bury it, right? When they're buried, this all ends up getting buried with them. And if that's your decision, right, then you need to understand um, that your life, right, when your life ends, the impact of your life, that ends with you. But see, while you're here, while we're here, while I'm here, we all have a very unique opportunity, and I do not want you to miss that opportunity. You actually have the opportunity to leverage all of this for the sake of someone coming along behind you or beside you. The parts that you want to talk about, the parts you think nobody else is interested in, and the parts that you hope that nobody will ever find out about. You actually have the opportunity to leverage all of this for the sake of the generation behind you or beside you. Because, and again, you know this, right? The impact of a life, the impact of a life is always determined by how much of it is given away. And see, the older you get, the larger your treasure chest grows and the more that you actually have to offer. And I don't want you to miss what is the greatest opportunity of your life, which is to figure out how to leverage all of this for the benefit of somebody else. Now, for some of you, for some of you, your dad is actually the person who did this for you. And whether that's true for you or not, that can absolutely be true, true of all of us. And that's why I, I want to make sure that you do not miss this opportunity to do this in the life of another person. And if you are a follower of Jesus, right, if you would say that to the best of your ability, you want to try to live out the teaching that's found in here, that's found in the New Testament, the teaching of Jesus then I would tell you this is not only an opportunity, this is for all of us, not just the dads, not just the people who are over 40. 
This is not just an opportunity. I would tell you it is your responsibility. And it's mine as well. In fact, all throughout his ministry, Jesus told us um, that, and he taught that we are, in fact, accountable to our Heavenly Father for how it is that we live our lives. But after we leave this life, that all of us, we either have to or we get to, right, depending on how you want to think about this, all of us, we either have to or we get to give an account to our Heavenly Father for how we've used all the different parts of our lives. Now, when I was growing up, um, this kind of freaked me out, to be honest. And so, um, because the way that I had, this was presented to me and the way that I envisioned this, um, and I don't know where exactly th this came from, um, but I kind of, I had this idea um, that, that this basically meant that at some point when I died, I was going to sit um, like with Jesus and watch a movie of my life, right? Did anybody else grow up with this horrible idea? Anybody just, no, apparently I'm the only twisted one here. Okay, um, so, so there was like this, this picture in my mind, like me and Jesus would be sitting in the theater, right, and uh, watching the movie, and every once in a while Jesus would be like, so hey, tell, tell what, what is this about, all about? And like, who is that? Like, what is going on right now? And they would be like, okay, can, can, we, can we just, can we skip past, can we just move past 18? Like, can we just, can we skip like college? Like, why, why are we even, like, why are we doing this right now? Um, but see, then I also heard um, that not only are we going to, to have our own movies seen, but we're actually going to get to watch other people's movies. Now, this was way more exciting to me than the idea of everyone just watching my movie. Right? And then at the end, um, that somehow we're all going you know, to like be in this giant theater or something and, and we're going to have our lives, we're going to have our, our movies um, evaluated. And, and again, um, you know, fortunately, uh, I, I don't think it's going to be on video. Right? This is just somebody's imagination of how this all works. So, um, so the good news, but however, Jesus, right, Jesus is very clear. Right? Jesus is very clear. At some point in the future, every single one of us, all of us, we will either have the opportunity or the responsibility to give an account to our Heavenly Father for how all the different parts of our life. In fact, Jesus one day told this parable. In fact, most of Jesus' parables um, were about this component. Um, they were all about this component of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said this. He, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like. He said, it's like a rich man who's going on a long journey. You, you've heard this before. Um, this is a story that Jesus made up to make a point. And so this rich man is going on a journey, Jesus said. And so he, um, he decided to divide up all of his wealth amongst three uh, of his servants. And so um, to one servant, um, he gave five bags of gold, which was an extraordinary, right? It was an extraordinary amount of money. To another servant, he gave two bags. And then to another servant, um, he gave just one bag. Now, part of the reason, part of the point of Jesus actually telling this parable is that Jesus knew um, that, that most of us, right, most of us, we kind of think um, that we're just like the, the one bagger, right? I just have, I just have one, I, I just have one bag, right? Because, because I mean, like, Jesus, I, I have an ordinary marriage, um, right? I haven't, we've never actually gone anyplace really exciting. We haven't really done a whole lot of anything. Um, I haven't, um, I haven't really um, led much in, in my life, Jesus. If I'm honest, I have a hard time leading myself, and so um, this hasn't worked out too well. I'm always on the, the wrong side of, of this, it seems like. They're all the conflict, I come up on the, the wrong end. Um, the, the truth is, Jesus, I've actually lost. I, I've lost way more than, of this than what I've actually made um, in, in my life. And, and really, Jesus, if, if I'm honest, um, what I have the most of is this. Like, this is what my treasure chest is filled with. I, 
I just have like piles and piles of this stuff hanging out in this thing. I mean, and I, I don't even know, I don't even know that much about this Jesus. And so I'm just, I'm just average, right? I'm just, I'm just an ordinary, I'm just a, a regular, regular guy. And so then Jesus, um, he tells this parable, right? And in the parable, um, the rich man, he leaves, and the point of Jesus, of this rich man giving these servants um, his wealth is so that so they would actually do with his wealth the very same kind of things that the rich man would have done um, because it doesn't, none of it, right? None of it actually belongs um, to the servants. It all belongs to the rich man. And so they're supposed to invest it and to use it um, so when he comes back someday um, that they would all have something, they would each have something exciting to tell them. And so the guy with the five bags, as the story goes, we discover the guy with the five bags, he goes out and he invests his wealth um, and, and he doubles his wealth, right? Now, this takes a long time, Jesus tells us, takes a long time. Um, and, and the guy with the two bags of gold, he, he goes out and he does the very same kind of thing. But then um, the third servant, right, the one who buried his bag, um, he, um, he, he comes along um, because he's like, okay, and I, I just have one bag. Remember, I'm just, I'm, I don't really have anything to offer, and so he just decides to go bury it. And so after a long time, right, after a long time, in fact, as you read the parable, you discover it's, it's really after a, a lifetime, right? After a lifetime, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the man who was given the five bags of gold, he brought the other five and said, Master, um, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See? For him, this was an opportunity. Right? He, he couldn't wait for his master to get home. Right? He couldn't tell his master, he couldn't wait to tell his master the story of what it is that he did with his opportunity. Look at what I've done with what I've had. Right? Look at what I've done with what you've loaned me for a lifetime. Look at what I've done with what you've given me to use. See, I have gained five more. He couldn't wait to tell his story. Jesus continues and he says this. The master replies, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. To which everybody in Jesus' audience went, okay, time out, time out. You gave him like five bags of gold. That, that's, that's a tremendous amount of wealth. That's not a few things. That's an incredible amount of things. To which Jesus would say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Remember, this is about the kingdom of God. Right? This is about the kingdom of heaven. Um, you, you, get, you get so impressed. right? You get so um, distracted even with how big someone's treasure chest is you, you get so consumed with the opportunities and the things that come um, that come to other people Th those things that's nothing right in the kingdom of God that that's nothing you have been faithful with a few things I will put you in charge of many things come and share your master's Happiness, right? Whose happiness? See, don't miss this. Jesus is saying that somehow, right, somehow in the kingdom of God, in the economy of God, that God actually gets excited. That God actually lights up when he looks at someone who's been given something and they do something 
with what they've been given. Something that actually benefits the world. Something that benefits the people around them. And then at the end of the parable, remember this part? The, the guy um, with the one bag comes with his nothing. In fact, we discover in the parable that the master at the end, we discover Jesus tells us that the master is actually angry with this servant. And this is so important for us to understand. Um, the, the master isn't angry with the servant um, because he did something evil or something wrong or something illegal because he didn't. He didn't do any of those things. The, the master isn't even angry at the servant because he wasn't successful. Right? This is so important. Th th don't miss this. The master, right, the master is not angry because of the outcome. The master's angry because the servant didn't do anything. In fact, Jesus in the parable uses the very same word that, that you and I would use to describe this. He just says the servant is lazy. It's just lazy. That's all it is. It's just laziness. Just lazy. He didn't do, he, he didn't do anything. He doesn't even try to do anything with what he's been given. See, it's not a parable about heaven and hell. It is, in fact, a parable about opportunity. It's a parable where Jesus is teaching all of us that all of us, we either one day, we either have, we all will have the privilege and the responsibility to give an account for our lives. So again, here's my challenge for, for all of you, right? And I'm telling you, once you hit 40, Right? Once you hit 40, your opportunities to do this, they actually ramp up exponentially. Now, the truth is, you can actually do this all throughout your life, long before you get into your 40s and long after you've been out of your 40s. In fact, one of the things that I love the most about our church is how many middle school students, high school students, and college students are already actively investing in the lives of kids who are coming all up along behind them. But see, listen, once you hit 40, I'm telling you, your opportunity to do this, it ramps up in such a way that you can't really fully appreciate until one day um, you're old like me and you're looking back on your 40s. And so again, right, so again, what are you going to do with the treasure that is you? And the reason why this is such a big deal to me is because I have benefited so much from the people who have done this in my life. What are, what are you going to do with the treasure that is you? How are you going to invest your life in the kingdom of God that is growing around you? Right? Because the value of a life, the impact of a life is always measured by how much of it is given away. So what are you going to do with all this. Now, here's the thing. It's all yours. Right? It's your life. It's your memories. It's your experiences. It's your history. It's your stories. It's your achievements. Right? It's all yours. And you can actually do anything that you want to with it. But see, this is the part that we rarely, if ever, stop and think about. If you do not figure out how to give it away, then when you come to an end, it all comes to an end with you. When they bury you, they bury your life in this world. But right now, all of us, all of us, we have a unique opportunity to look back 
on our past and to ask the question, who can actually benefit from the treasure that is you? Right? Who is it that can actually benefit from my story? And see, dads, the truth is, you, you dads, are a treasure. Listen, you may not feel like you are. You may not think that you are. But you are. Right? Nobody has the influence that you do, dads. Nobody can make the impact, dad, that you can make. And we are better. We are all better because of you. But see, listen, in addition to your family, and again, this is true for all of us, not just the dads. This is true for every single one of us. In addition to your family, all of us, we have the opportunity to impact and to shape the life of someone coming along behind us or beside us. So who can benefit, right? Who can benefit from what it is that God has put in your treasure chest? Because if you're at all like me, then when you look into this thing, you, you probably see some things that you wish weren't in there. But at the same time, there's also a couple things in there that make you feel like you've been blessed beyond compare. And the question is not, okay, how did I get this? Or, or why did this end up happening to me? The question is, the question for all of us is, how am I going to use this for the sake of the kingdom of God that is growing? Because it is growing. The sake of the kingdom of God that is growing around me. The reason why Jesus' life is of such impact is because he gave it away. Right? He gave it to you and he gave it for you. And that's what makes your life a treasure. Right? Everybody knows that the value of something is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. And Jesus paid for your life with his. And that makes you a treasure. And no event, no circumstance, no outcome can change that. But the impact, the impact of that, that's actually up to us. And I don't want any of you, I do not want any of you to miss the opportunity of seeing God use and redeem all the different parts of the story of your life. The pretty parts and the ugly parts. Now there's a couple different ways that um, you can do this, that you can be a part of this happening. The easiest way is actually on our website. Go under the Connect tab. Um, you can click on this information to find out more about small groups. Dave Frank, our Director of Community and Small Groups, um, will get your email. He'll answer whatever questions you have. He'll talk to you about small groups. He'll talk to you about your bad experience with a small group. And he'll help you have a new experience. Right? You had a bad haircut once. You still go to the barber. Um, you had a bad meal when you went out to eat one day. You still go out to eat. Right. So it's okay. Hey, if you've had a bad small group experience, right, come on and try it again and Dave will help you have a different experience. Or if you want to just kind of test drive it and try it out, under that same tab, you'll see this talking about meetups. You heard me say, talk about this last week. Um, we have a bunch of small group meetups that are going to happen um, in July and August all throughout Oakland and Macomb County. Going to one of these events does not commit you to anything. It's just an opportunity for you to take a step and for you to experience a part of what being in a small group is like. For those of you who are online with us exclusively and come into something happening in Oakland or Macomb County, Michigan, that is just you know, not a possibility for you. I am really hoping, in fact, I'm praying 
um, that you will take part in kind of this grand experiment that we're getting started, um, which is to create what we're calling faith family rooms. These are places where you can actually connect with other followers of Jesus, experience a real sense of community with them, with Jesus, and with us here at Faith, regardless of where it is that you call home. Because see, the truth is, for all of us, right, for all of us, there is somebody there is somebody or a group of somebody's out there somewhere who can benefit from the treasure that is you. And so my prayer is that you will not miss this opportunity. And that you will also not miss the opportunity of getting the chance to see God use and work through the story of your life. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I pray very specifically, very specifically right now, um, for every single person who is here right now with us and who's watching online, watching at home, or listening to this, and they have believed the lie that they have nothing to offer. The lie that says um, that there's something that we can do that actually prevents you uh, from loving us, from speaking through us. We're speaking to us. There's something that we can do that somehow prevents you from working in our life. Father, I know I am guilty of listening to that lying voice so many times. And so, Father, I want to pray specifically for the person here right now who, who also has believed or maybe is believing that lie. And Father, for the person whose past is just this huge obstacle to them, would you remind them, please, in a very personal way, that it's not too big for you? That there's no obstacle that will prevent you from working in their present and working in their future? And so, Father, I ask that for all of us, that you would do what only you can do, that you would take the parts of our story that we're embarrassed by, that we're ashamed of, and that you would redeem those, that you would, that you would actually bring them to life, that you would use them for the benefit, for the growth of your kingdom. And Father, I pray that right now in these next few moments that each of us would just take this opportunity to confess our sin to you and to ask you to work. To ask you to work in us, in our church, and in your world.
the good news of the gospel is that there is no obstacle. There is no event. There is no behavior that is too big for the grace and the love and the redemption of Jesus, your Savior, to overcome. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus is always at work. He is at work in you, and he is working now. And so your sin, it is truly forgiven. In Jesus' name.